awesome. They do a great job, don't they? Fantastic. Give the house a great time. That'd be great. Well, it's good to see you entering into this Christmas season. Our final theme for the month is the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, today I want to talk to you about the Spirit of Christmas. And I'm going to run this into next week's sermon as well. We have, in our household, developed a new tradition. Now, we've all got traditions at Christmas, haven't we? But we have developed a new tradition. I want to tell you about this tradition this morning. It's, you know, some kind, kinds of traditions you just embrace full-heartedly. And other traditions, you find yourself asking the age-old question... Why? Well, this is one of the why traditions. You see, it would appear that in our household, leading up to Christmas, and with the advent of Stan and Netflix and so on, there are a myriad of Christmas movies. Hallmark Christian movies. And certain members of my family, who shall remain nameless, have decided that leading up to Christmas, we should watch regularly these Christmas movies. Unbeknownst to them, I have decided to give each one a score out of 10. Last week, the movie was The Christmas Chalet. And I've got to tell you, it has received the highest mark of all the Christmas movies we've watched so far. This one got a three out of ten. You know, but what amazes me about these awful movies is that they all mention one thing. They all talk about the true spirit of Christmas. They all say it. It's, it's usually something to do with something miraculous or magical or something that happens. And, and someone in the movie says this, oh, that's the true spirit of Christmas. So I started thinking about this. I started thinking about this true spirit of Christmas what is this spirit of Christmas? I, I looked up what people had to say on Dr. Google and this is what they said. Someone said this. They said, well, the true spirit of Christmas is how someone acts who loves Christmas and shows it by being kind to others. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Someone, someone else said it was this. The true spirit of Christmas is basically being cheery and nice around the holiday. This is what actress Kate Hudson said. She said, the spirit of Christmas is a time where everybody needs to gather, do a big group hug and enjoy the festivities. That's lovely. Listen to what this person said. With the growing secularisation of the holiday season, the Christmas spirit is something we should all be able to relate to. 
because it speaks to the social rights and social obligations that we have to each other in order to maintain a civil society. There's Mr. Jolly Joyful, and you'd want him at your Christmas party. Listen, I love this one. This is what someone says. I'll read it and then I'll tell you who it was. The true spirit of Christmas is like when you wear onesies, which everyone does because it's fun, comfy and because you're hungover on Christmas Day. That was the 2019 US Bachelorette. Yep. Perhaps this is the best one, Jerry Seinfeld. He said, the true spirit of Christmas is people being helped by people other than me. (laughs) So is this spirit of Christmas thing, is this just a nice way of saying nice for this time of year or is it something else? So I explored Firstly, I want to say this, that I actually do believe in the spirit of Christmas. And secondly, I want you to know that I believe it's biblical. I believe it's in the Bible. Let me give you proof of the spirit of Christmas this morning from Luke chapter 1, verse 34 and 35. This is what it says. Mary... Asked the angel, remember Mary, the angel had just appeared and said, you're going to be giving birth to Jesus, Emmanuel, son of God. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, I want you to listen, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Notice the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I've got to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit is the true spirit of Christmas. It was he who incarnated the Son of God to this earth through Mary. The Holy Spirit, actually when you think about that, it was the Holy Spirit who birthed Christmas and the Bible tells us that what is birthed in the spirit should remain in the spirit and I actually believe this I actually believe the spirit of Christmas is when we see the evidence of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in action that's outworked in our lives so what is the fruit of the spirit let's remind ourselves this morning it tells us in Galatians 5 22 and 23 but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control There's no law against these things. You see, at this time of year, people see an above and beyond expression of love and joy and peace and kindness. And they say this, they say, well, there's the true spirit of Christmas. But what a lot of people don't realise is that it is the actual evidence, particularly coming from us as children of God, of the Holy Spirit at work wanting to draw people's hearts to Jesus Christ. Child in a manger, the saviour of 
the world. And as I look through the Christmas story, you can read the Christmas story in uh, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke in particular. But as I read through these Gospels, the Christmas story, I discovered that the fruit of the Spirit is on display. And I want to share that with you today and next week. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We'll we'll skip love for just a moment because I want to deal with that one next week. But let's start by talking about joy. Joy. When I think of the fruit of the Spirit, joy, I think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let me read Luke 1 verse 47 to 49. She had received this news and You can no doubt imagine that for a young girl, this was uh, confusing at first. This was, uh, there were all sorts of questions in her mind. And then she has a few days where she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. And and listen to what it says. Mary breaks forth into a song of rejoicing. It's known as the Magnificat or in hip-hop circles, the Magnificat. Mm Mm-hmm. Break it down. I know. You're amazed, aren't you? <laughs> Luke 1, 47, 49. How my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me, she declares. She breaks out in this song of rejoicing. She's been able to process a little bit about what the angel Gabriel had told her a few days beforehand, that she would conceive Jesus, the Messiah, God incarnate by the Holy Spirit. You know, her initial response would have been confusion and concern and fear and trepidation. What will people say of an unmarried girl pregnant? What would be her fiancé's reaction? Why a poor girl like me? Will this be a normal birth? How do you give birth to God? But to the credit of this wonderful girl, she says, I am the Lord's servant and I am willing to accept whatever he wants. You see, when you birth something of God in obedience to him, the resulting fruit of the Spirit is joy. Is joy. Even when there's concern, even when there's turmoil, even when there's fear, even when there's hardship, obedience to his voice always leads to the fruit of joy. You may be going through something at the moment. You may be struggling with some turmoil, something going on, some hardship in your life. Let me encourage you, remain obedient to the word of God because his joy will come. Love, joy, peace is the next fruit of the Spirit. And I like to think of the situation with the shepherds. Let me read to you Luke 2, 8 to 14. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. 
But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I think about this situation. It was no doubt a peaceful night for these shepherds. They were gathered around their campfire sharing yarns. There was silence, an occasional bleating from a sheep. And then an enormous angel appears to them and says, don't be afraid. Think about that. It's all right for the angel to say that, isn't it? It's all right for him to say that. He probably makes Dwayne Johnson or The Rock look like Pee Wee Herman. This, this guy is, that would be terrifying. The angel interrupts their peaceful night. And he lets them know that peace has come to earth. Interesting. In that moment, we see that there is a peace that transcends the peace of the earth. And it comes to us from God in the highest heaven. The shepherds, they left their peaceful field and their peaceful flock. And they went to visit their Lord of Peace. And when they returned, you notice what was on their lips? It was praise. You see, peace that is the fruit of the Spirit will always lead to praise. Peace that is the fruit of the Spirit will always lead to praise. I, I just pray that this Christmas there will be such a sense of peace that it will lead to praise of God in the highest. Love, joy, peace. The next word is patience. Where do you find patience in the Christmas story? Well, eight days after Jesus' birth, he was presented at the temple, as was custom. And at the temple, there was an amazing man called Simeon. I want you to hear his story. Luke 2, 25 to 32. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Now, now listen, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. <clears throat> he took the child in his arms. He praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and he is 
the glory of your people, Israel. Just think about it, this dear man who had been waiting for a long, long time, who had been waiting for the promise of seeing the Messiah fulfilled in his life. This man who had been so patient over such a long time and holding on to that promise that God had given him. And on that day, the Spirit leads him to the temple. And I just love this. He doesn't just get to see the promise he's been waiting for. He actually gets to hold the promise in his arms. Wow. You see... When you wait for the promise that the Holy Spirit has put in your heart, he gives you the fruit of patience to see it through. Don't give up. Don't give up on the promise. Just ask, Holy Spirit, I need more patience. I need your gift in my life. And you see, when the promise does come to you, I'm speaking to some people this morning, when the promise does come to you, you don't just see it. You get to hold on to it and experience its life-changing presence. Wow. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. When I think of the fruit of the Spirit, kindness, in this Christmas story, I think to the angel Gabriel. Right back at the beginning of the Christmas story, it shows to me the true spirit of Christmas. The angel Gabriel appears to Mary and this is what he says, Luke 1 verse 28 to 31. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, For you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. I think about this story. I think about this moment and it could have gone down in so many different ways. So many different ways. An archangel of the host of heaven delivering the most important message for mankind at God's command. And he delivers that message with such incredible kindness. It could have been, you have been chosen and this is what you will do. It could have been, do not question God's plan and command. This is a blessing. It could have been, all that's required of you at this time is obedience and we'll let you know what to do step by step. But I'm amazed at the kindness of this archangel of heaven this angel who is used to administering the authority that God has charged him with he says God's with you Mary he's favored you with an incredible blessing please don't be afraid I know you have questions and let me answer those questions for you what incredible kindness you see, when kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, is shared at Christmas, it's, it's like a message from God delivered from heaven itself to bring favour 
and to draw us closer to Jesus. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Let's finish with goodness this morning. Goodness. See, when I think of goodness, I actually think of Mary's fiancé, Joseph. How does Joseph respond when he hears that his fiancé is pregnant? He says, hey, Joseph, I've got some news for you. I'm pregnant. But hey, listen, it's okay because it's an immaculate conception from God. I think he might have had some questions. But listen to what it says in Matthew 1, verse 19 to 21. Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. It tells us there that Joseph was a righteous man. Other translations use these words. It says just, upright, faithful, good. He was a good man. You see, his esteem of Mary, his fiancée, and his action flowed from the goodness in his heart. I think we've actually lost the value of good today I think we've lost its value if, if, if you were asked how was it and the response was good you'd almost feel underwhelmed oh it was only good it wasn't great it was, it, was, it was just good Jesus was approached one day And the person said to him, good teacher. And Jesus replied this. He says, why call me good? Only the Father is good. There is an incredible value on good, on goodness. Good is something to be highly valued. So when goodness, the fruit of the Spirit, operates in your life, what flows out of that to others is a sense of value. When you operate in goodness, this fruit of the Spirit working in your life, when others see that, accompanying it is a sense of value. A sense of acceptance. Our goodness tells others that they're accepted, they're valued, and they are loved by God. 
The Spirit of Christmas is the Holy Spirit. And the world needs to see His fruit in operation through you and I. A surpassing joy that comes from our obedience to Christ. A peace that leads to praise. A patience that gets to hold on to His life-changing presence. A kindness delivered from God as a message of love. And a goodness that lets people know that they're accepted, they're valued, and they are loved. And we'll continue on next week. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. There may be people here today. And you may know about church. You may know about religion. But you may not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour of your life. It's one thing to know of Jesus. It's a totally different thing to have a relationship with Him. And you may have felt your heart stirred today. Just feel a prompting saying, yeah, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus Christ, the Saviour who came to die for my sin, to hang upon that cross so that I might be forgiven and set free and restored back into a right relationship once again with Father God. And so I want to accept Him as Lord and Saviour of my life. I want to accept Him. I want to know Him. I want to enter into a relationship with Jesus. If that's you this morning while no one's looking around, can I encourage you to just do one thing? And that is in acknowledging that you want to accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life, just raise your hand. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it straight down again. And then we as a church are going to pray a simple prayer inviting Jesus to be Lord and Saviour of your life. Is there anyone here today that says, yeah, that's me. I want to know Jesus as Lord and Saviour of my life. Why don't you just raise your hand now? I'll acknowledge it. Anyone this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good God. Lord, this morning, at Christmas time, we want to represent you to a world who clearly needs to know you. Not just to figure a history, not just a baby in a manger, but the saviour of the world. You are the only answer. There is no other answer. You are the only answer. And so, Lord, I just pray that your fruit of the Spirit in our lives, your love, your joy, your peace, your kindness, your patience, your gentleness, self-control, all of those things, Lord, will be so evident in our lives. Something that is more than just what this earth considers.
so that people will be drawn to you, Jesus. I ask this in your precious name.